0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. And the Word of God is still rock solid, unchanging, unchanging and a firm foundation for our lives. Now what you are seeing today in the world, the problems, and there are many. Jesus said there would be. He said uh, that in the world you will have problems, you'll see troubles, and there's no denial. It's not wise to hide our heads in the sand. I think some of the frustration uh, that's out there is is that Uh, People feel uh, that they're not being heard, listened to, uh, understood, and uh, that, um, that there's a denial. No, there's no denial. There are problems. There have always been problems. There will always be problems in the world according to the word of Jesus. Now the world's news reporting intensively and extensively. There's bad news everywhere. Troubled times, difficult days right now. These things are factual and actual. But what we're seeing is the fruit. And we must realize that it's coming from the root. This root of fear, roots of hatred, roots of bitterness, roots of division... You know, we could feed and fuel the fire of the problems in the world, or we can choose to feed and to fuel the fire of the promises of God's Word. The opportunities to complain and to divide over the problems in what we're seeing in the world today are plentiful. I want you to know that here there's a link between complaining and division. I said there's a link between complaining and division. Do we have some just complaints in the world? Absolutely. All right. But again, if we fuel the problem, that's all we feed on, that's all we see, that's all we look at, that's all we think about, that's all we hear about, uh, then that's going to grow. If we feed on the promise, then that's going to grow. the opportunities to complain or to divide over the problems are plentiful. Plenty in 2020. But the opportunities to be shining lights, on the other hand, and to offer those whose world is the darkness of hopelessness, the darkness of being without God and without hope, that we have the opportunity to be the shining lights and to offer them the words of eternal life. What are we offering? What are we looking at? What are we seeing? The problem of the promise? What words? Are they complaining words? Divisive words? Or are they going to be words of eternal life? Well, those opportunities have never been greater. Never been greater. I mean, you could just be the dimmest little match in the darkness that's in the world today and you'd stand out. you draw attention. We don't want to draw attention to ourselves but we want to draw attention to himself, don't we? But it includes yourself. Say it does include myself. You know, we may ask, how can I have a cheerful life if what I'm looking at and seeing makes me sad? It makes me mad. So how can you... That's easy, you know, I've heard this said, that's easy for you, preacher. I like how they say it in the South. Hey, preacher. The boy I buy hay from found out I pastor the church. He says, when he calls me on the phone to come get hay, he goes, hey, preacher. I'll admit I am a preacher of the good news, of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. The only way. The only name that whereby men can be saved and that one man who is a mediator between God and man who placed himself on a cross died for all, died for the thief on one side and the murderer on the other. So how can you come along preacher with what I sh- that I should be glad live a cheerful life? Let life right now as I see it, I should be sad. I should be mad. I'm justified in that. Well, and here you're telling me that I should be glad and live a cheerful life. Well, let me ask you, is the Bible God's word? Is Philippians 2.14 in the Bible? Then is that God's word? Is Jesus telling this or is this just a man? Is this Jesus' words? Is this Jesus telling us that this is how we're to live, as light in the darkness. Amen. That we're to hold forth the, the, uh, and give them that are in the darkness the eternal word and light of God. Right. You know, James 1 and 2, when what you're seeing, I want to read this for you. It says, Greetings, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. When what you're seeing is nothing but the problem, nothing but the difficulties. Ever seen that way in your life? He says, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Boy, what a contradiction to natural reasoning and how we've been trained and how we think. He goes, when you see nothing but difficulties, when you see nothing but problems and nothing but troubles, he goes, see it as an opportunity, as an opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can in the middle of when everything you see makes you either sad or mad. He goes, see it as an opportunity to be glad. See, if we choose sad and mad over glad, let me tell you, those two things will weaken you. Try sustaining sad. You're going to have to go to the doctor, to get some stuff to prop you up with. You'll go to bed, turn out the light, and close the door, and hope the world goes away. You run sad all the way out. Try being mad, feeling the fire. Are you listening? Of anger and hatred. Let me tell you something. You'll act out. You will act out. You'll say things you wish that you could take back. Hurtful things. You'll do things that you wish that you could take back. Are you listening? It's unsustainable. Hatred is unsustainable. Anger is unsustainable. Without sin. The Bible says be angry but don't sin. Don't miss the mark. Who are you angry at? He said, here's the one you should be angry at, the one that's victimizing you. And it's not flesh and blood, it's the devil. There is a good God, there is a bad God. Now how do you know that? Well, the Bible tells me so. See, if you won't believe it because the Bible tells you so, you can give you all the evidence and proof in the world, you wouldn't believe that either. Jesus said that. The word is still the word no matter what the world does. The word is still the word no matter what folks believe or this or that. And I'm, now listen. See, if you believe it's true, then it's true for you, isn't it? If you think you are the victim, you are. If you think you are the victor, you are. See, if we choose, though, to put what we're seeing in the proper pile, the promise pile, over the problem pile, we can choose glad. And when we do, we've opened up the opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can, as the scripture says, the greatest glad. Now listen, faith is being tested right now, according to James 2. James 1 and 2. It says, for you know that when your faith, everybody needs to understand that you don't live in my faith. You don't live in somebody else's faith. You live in your faith. And that faith is either misplaced in man, either in the goodness of man or the badness of man. And man has the potential to be so very good and like God or so very bad and like the devil. Sometimes we overestimate ourselves in our, in, we're we're large in our own eyes when actually we're little styrofoam cups filled with something, more importantly filled with someone or a mixture of the two. Now faith is being tested whether our faith is in man or whether our faith is in God. Now how should we who trust God and, li- and choose to live by faith? What's the measure to what you're seeing? Well, one translation says, count it all joy. Put it all in the joy pile. Put it all in the joy pile. Why? Because glad, uh, glad is a strength. It's strengthening. Joy is a strength to us. Sad and mad weakens us. The Bible says, "And Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. So how can we have joy? Joy in Him. Joy in what He's done. Be glad and live cheerful lives. It goes on to say this, And when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. We're having to endure some things, aren't we? It's fallen to our generation, listen, our generation to not just deal with the fruit because we've got a root that the fruit keeps coming back. It has come back in every generation. Let me tell you, the root is in the heart of man. And the answer is in the God's plan for man. And that is to change your heart. We need a new law, honey. We only have one law to love God and to love one another. We don't need another. They tried that, it's been done. It does not work. We have one law love God and love one another, be loved by God, and then love like God loves. You only have one thing to do. So, if you're looking to legend, if you're looking to the If you're looking to man and his government, let me tell you it's ever-changing and rearranging. And we need a new law. We only need the new law that Jesus gave us. He said, A new commandment I give you, love God with all your heart and love one another. And when you do the world, we'll see that I sent you and they'll know that I am from, they'll, they'll know who I am. Love them like you've lo- like I have loved you. Love one another. That's how we endure all things. We outclass the devil, so we'll outlast him. How can you say that? Because I am a child of the living God. I was once lost, but now I am found. I was like that one time living in the dark, but I have been translated out of that. And now I'm in the light in the kingdom of his dear son. I don't see anyone like I used to see them. I see them now like God sees them. Endure all things. Well, how, you'll hear this said over and over again. I'm tired. The Bible says that we sorrow with those that sorrow but we also joy with those that joy. Are you listening? What does that mean? It means that we feel folks' pain. We have compassion with people. It means we're willing to walk in their shoes and see it from their side. It means that when we don't, we're willing to. That goes both ways, folks. That goes both ways. Well, what both ways are you talking about, preacher? Well, um, there's only two ways for me. There are those that are lost and in darkness, and there are those that are saved and in the light. That's the two ways I'm talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about racial things. No, sweetie. See, I hold these truths as being self-evident. I don't have to dig around and pry around and rewrite it and all that kind of stuff. All men created equal under God. All men were created equal under God. They're just men. They're just women. They're different sizes, shapes, colors backgrounds, all that kind of stuff. But there's only lost folks and found folks. There's only folks that are saved and folks that are perishing. That's it. And those are the both sides. I've taken my side. I said, I've taken my side. I hope you've taken your side. Amen. And it's going to be on God's side. And what is that? That's how he sees us. Don't be surprised. If the blind lead the blind, they'll wind up in a ditch. That's what the Bible says. It says, if the blind lead the blind. Isn't God, didn't God the one that, that opens blinded eyes and unstops deaf ears and, and maybe not so much the ones on the outside? That's important, and he still does that. But what about the eyes of our heart? What about the ears of our heart where we can see God and then see one another as he sees what about hearing God? And then we can actually hear one another's heart. Amen. Amen. Sometimes humility says, you've got to trust me. I know you don't, but I'm asking you to trust me. I am. I never meant and I don't mean now to ever hurt you, but to help you. No, endure all things. See, the problem is the heart of man. The root of all of sin's fruit, of missing the mark, is that the heart of man without God is trying to meet his need, his own need, apart from God. We're living in a world that's very divided. That division is this. Do we really need God? Or can we do without Him? Sift through all the stuff. Do we really need God? Or can we live without Him? Or if we need Him, why don't we just pick our own God? Why don't we just make up our own God? You know, they tell you, keep your eye on the ball. See, the promise is this there is a Redeemer. And there is redemption for all men. People that you don't, that, that you would condemn, that you want them hung, and in a hurry, listen to me. See? I'm not, I'm not saying one way or the other. Well, they're guilty. We're all guilty, honey. The only way that we show we're innocent and pure is to trust in God. It's to do it God's way. Is to accept the forgiveness that is total and complete. God forgave all of all. His forgiveness is for all. Now, why, how could he do that? Because he loves all. All. Everybody say all. All. There's no criteria of being judged on the color of our skin, on what we have done or haven't done, good or bad. God loves all. God forgave all. The one sin is missing the mark of we all need Jesus. And we need Jesus in our heart. Because there's the missing part. I mean, any generation should be able to say, what are we missing here? Why are we back here? Why, 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 why? Well, there's the answer. The missing part is Jesus in every heart. Let me read down just a little further. It says, Then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. Let me ask you, is Jesus missing in your life? Is your relationship somewhat lacking with him? 1 Corinthians 15 and the 57th verse. says this. Actually, I want to uh, read from 56. It says, It is sin that gives death its sting, and the law that gives sin its power. But we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So now, beloved ones, stand firm, stable, and enduring. Live your lives with unshakable confidence. I like this. It says, yeah, there's death, there's sin, there's destruction, there's all this wrong, there's all these problems, all this trouble, but God, but God, we're glad and grateful. It says, but we thank God. See, I believe that living in gladness also helps us to live grateful. Grateful for what? What's there to be thankful, grateful for? Grateful we have this opportunity to experience the greatest joys, the greatest joy that man can ever uh, experience. And what would that be? The victory. He gave us. It's a gift. The victory. Jesus' victory. Let me tell you, Jesus delivered us all. If we'll take that deliverance from sin, death, hell, destruction, prejudice, hatred, trouble, problems in this world, Jesus gave us the victory. He gave us the victory over being a victim and being sad or mad and staying sad or mad and he gave us the glad. We are not victims. That is, listen, that would be so sad, wouldn't it? And it would make you mad. Well, how can you say that seeing what's going on? Well, now listen. See, the difference is accepting the gift of God, the victory. The difference is what you're seeing is who you're looking at. We are not victims. Now, I know the truth of that flies in the face of the facts of that. Are you listening? And we're going to pray for that. Because, it, because the position determines the perspective. Amen. Now we are, the Bible goes on to say, we, He has given us a victory that makes us more than conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. More than a conqueror. More than a conqueror through Jesus. You know, it's an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you or I can right here and right now is to give it all, to give yourself to Jesus. It's through Jesus. It's through Jesus that you are given the victory. Are you listening? And he will deliver you through his redemptive power, his goodness and his grace. The greatest love you'll ever know or experience and bring you the greatest joy. The greatest joy that you or I can have is to know that we belong to Jesus. How do you know that you belong to Jesus? Aren't we all God's children? No, not exactly. We're all God's creation, but we're not God's children. You have to choose. You have to choose God as your God. You have to be born again. The Bible says that you must be born again. Or you can never know, never see, never experience the kingdom of God. Maybe you're here today and you've never. You might be a church goer. You might have some religiosity to you. You might be a full blown, I don't believe a flam thing you're saying. I said F-L. F-L-A-M. You can change the letter if you want to on that. You know, I know it's controversial. Why not in these days and times? At least it got your attention. Well, let's pray. If you're listening to this today and you've never on purpose, decidedly, decisively asked Jesus to lord your life, asked him to be your God, now is a great time right here and right now. Dear Jesus. I'm looking to you. I'm ready to give it all. Ready to give my all to you. And I thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for rescuing me, redeeming me today. I say, I am yours and you are mine. And I'll follow you from this day forward all the days of my life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want to help you with your uh, first steps in walking with Jesus. Let us hear from you. You can uh, contact the church in the many ways that Pastor Sandy has said, and we'll uh, we'll get right on that. We want to help you uh, in your new walk with Jesus. Let me close with this. I believe this. What you're seeing... Is what you're looking at. The problems are very real. They've probably never been more clearer today. Clearly, we have problems. But I believe also that the promises are more real and are clearer now than ever before. Hebrews 12 says, "Look to Jesus." It. That's the second verse. The first verse says, seeing how we have such a great cloud of witnesses, seeing how people are looking for something or someone, a clear, a a clarity. So seeing how that we are surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, said let's do away with these weights and sins that are so easy To come upon us. And it says, Let us look to Jesus. In order to do that, the Amplified Bible says we have to be looking away from all that will distract. All that will distract us from what? From looking to Him, that He's the leader and He is the source. And he is the life of our faith. He's also the finisher. He's the finisher. I said he is the finisher. He will have the final word. The Bible says that his example is this. He for the joy, the prize, the reward that was set before him endured. Endured. The cross. Listen, what was that prize? You redeemed, you delivered, you the victor, you belonging to Him, His very own. He endured the cross. And let me tell you what the cross represents is the greatest injustice that ever happened in history. The just dying for the unjust, unjustly. He endured that cross. There are some things that we have to endure. We have to endure. Listen, God had to put up with the contradiction of you and I against himself. And he did that because he loved you and I enough. And he saw joy in that he would get you one day. He would change your heart and change your mind and change your life. That you were running hard the other way for the devil and he would would change course for you. And he knew you'd run just as hard after him. Why Jesus do it? For the joy of the justice of God. The justice of God. What is that? You made right with God. How does that happen? Forgiven and pardoned. Forgiven and pardoned. Forgiven and pardoned. Forgiven and pardoned. Well, Lord, we're going to count this all joy. We're going to put it in the joy pile today. If you're out there uh, watching and listening to us today, let me encourage you. Let's put it in the joy pile today. You've got to put it somewhere. You've got to measure it some way, what you're seeing. I see God at work. I see the promise. I want to thank you for being with us today. And we look forward to being with you again. God bless you.